Thank you for joining us for this episode of Journey Now, produced by Journey Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. For more information on Journey Church and our gatherings, visit journeytn.com. Welcome to Theology Thursday. My name is Kevin Dixon. I'm one of the pastors at Journey Church. And joining me today again yep. is Mike and Susie. Yep. Yes. Hello. And uh, we are discussing the church today. Um, we're going to be talking about it in three different segments. But today we're going to talk about the church universal. And some people get this confused with um, universalism. That's not what we're talking about. Um, actually, it's the opposite of that. It is the all the people of all time that have um, placed their faith in Christ, are grafted into the tree, are part of the community of believers, and they're all over the world and all, all over time. And the universal church is God's representation of, of the body of Christ on the planet in the midst of this lost world, in the midst of all that is happening around us. Um, and with that, we believe the true church, the church that um, Jesus would say are his people, consists of those who are justified by faith and the grace that comes through Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection, and by faith in him alone. And those that profess that and are, we, we account, we would say, um, we would say you're part of the church. You're part of the bride of Christ. You're part of the body of Christ. And as we embrace this idea, there's such complexity to it that I think sometimes we miss um, that the church shows up in every culture. The church manifests itself in different ways in different cultures. And um, the activity of the church, though, should, in essence, represent this idea of who Christ is in that culture, in that place. And we'll talk about the local church next week. We'll talk about what that looks like and how that plays a little different role. But today, we're talking about the idea of the universal church, and it consists of all people who have placed their faith in the work and the person of Jesus Christ. And so with that, we're going to have a little bit of discussion what that means and what it is and what it's not. And the universal church requires us to lean into an idea that um, we've talked about, but haven't always fully fleshed out. But our unity as the church universal is so different from uniformity. And, and with that is is important for us to wrestle with that because every culture, if we, if we look at the cultures around the planet and we look at all the different ways that the church presents itself, it is, it presents in ways that are not uniform. And what I mean by uniform is we don't expect everybody to be the same. We expect them to be unified. And this is, this comes from John chapter 20, when Jesus prays that we would be unified. And his, the unity is around the person of Christ. It's in our belief system, but it, it presents itself in diversity. And this is really important to understand what God is doing in the church around the world. And so with that, I just want to bring in Susie and Mike and talk a little bit about the beautiful expression 
of diversity in unity as opposed to uniformity. And as you think about this and as you participate in the church, um, and we see it, we see it culturally in the United States, the church manifests itself in different ways. Uh, it shows up in different ways. It's not all uniform. We are not all the same. We don't look the same. We don't act the same. And we don't worship the same. All you have to do is go to a Catholic church, go to a Protestant church, and you will find that people worship differently. So with that, how do we find unity in what is called the universal church? And what is that? How does that sit with you, Susie, first? Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is celebrating diversity. Um, and I, I've thought this with lots of different conversations around diversity, not just with the church, but um, I don't I don't think that that true unity is is um, achieved or enjoyed. I mean, because I think achieving is a high a high goal, <laughs> but I don't think it's really ever enjoyed until we celebrate diversity. Mm. So um, we're, we're, we're really kind of hardwired to look for our commonalities and mm -hmm. to, to find the places that we do agree and we see things the same so that we can have fellowship in those things. Mm -hmm. But until we can actually look for the things that we're different in, the, the expressions in which we see and operate differently and, and, and genuinely celebrate those things, um, I, I think that's when, that's when universe unity is really truly enjoyed. So I like to, I, I like to listen to, um, I like to listen to Mark Sayers a lot. He's a pastor in, in Australia and he has this podcast. I I'm forgetting the name of it. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but it's, he kind of, he talks about the state of the church, especially he started it right around the time the pandemic shut things down. And I like listening to him because he's from Australia, but he also reads and listens to people from all over the world. So I kind of get a lot of cliff notes versions of things <laughs> from him, mm -hmm. but he just always has such an interesting perspective because it's influenced by people in Southeast Asia, by the church in Latin America. And um, he brings such diversity of thinking in, in his approach to leadership in the church. And so, but with that, he, he comes at it from a posture of, of learning and celebrating those differences. Mm -hmm. He's not looking for, he, he does look for the common thread, the thing that we have in common, which I'm, from what I'm hearing you say is, you know, the, um, I, I guess we would call those things essentials or whatever, but mm -hmm but he celebrates the things that are different and the things that we can learn from each other's experiences in order to strengthen and unify and, and the church at, in a way that allows the people within the church to flourish. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I would culture. say also the people outside of the church. Yes. They can see what, what yeah. unity is. Mike, you were going to say. I was going to, going to uh, add a bit to that really good point from Susie. Um, the tribalizing tendencies of the human heart, 
mm-hmm. are most at risk when we begin to attach religious significance to them. Mm-hmm. So the, this distinction you make between unity and uniformity is really, really important because it, it's very easy to think if, if it's not uniform, then we can't uni- unified with them. And even Jesus's disciples got into this. I mean, one of my favorite stories uh, of this posse <laughs> of really crazy folk of which I am a part, but um, they were, they, they came across somebody who is casting out demons in the name of Jesus. Yep. yep. And they come to Jesus and they're like, dude, we yeah. found somebody trying to <laughs> cast demons out using your name. And we tried to stop we'll him. Stop him. <laughs> and I love that. Yes, of course. Because I think we'd all agree in principle, less demons is better than more demons. <laughs> but because they, because they say, he wasn't one of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tried to stop him. And Jesus, of course, has this great reply. If they're not against us, they're for us. Um, but but it's, it's the idea that, that even there, that it has to look a certain way. So the issue isn't mm-hmm. um, that there are a bunch of different churches. The issue is when we say there can only be, it can only look one way to officially count. Mm-hmm. The movement of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts and in the epistles, but certainly when you see you see it with Jesus and the disciples, is that it's going to look a lot of different ways because God is endlessly creative. The same God that created thousands of species of wildflowers is not going to just sit and say, here's what a church has to look like in order to qualify. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and you're right to say, this is an identity, a group identity. It's not a group location or program. Right. Ecclesia in uh, the book of Acts, which is where we get the word church, was just an assembly of citizens. You were a member of the Ecclesia. You didn't go to Ecclesia, right? Mm-hmm. And you didn't, so you were just a part of the Ecclesia, which meant you had a voice of certain matters dealing with the polis, the, the state. Mm-hmm. Um, here, they, you know, Paul uses that word and, and repurposes it. Luke does actually um, into an idea that yes, we're st- it's still a political entity, but now it's in service to the King, the mm-hmm. Lord, and it is primarily an identity that can be manifested in loads of different ways. Yeah. So, so that distinction I think is is super important as as we get into denominational tribalism. Uh, and have been raised to believe that certain denominations are them and other denominations are us. And well, we don't want to help them. And Jesus just doesn't play that game even remotely. In fact, it is anti the spirit of Jesus. Now, there are some right. lines to be drawn at no question. Not everyone that claims to be Jesus is of Jesus, obviously. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. No. We're talking about those who profess and claim to be following him who operate within the incredibly broad guidelines mm-hmm. of what a, a ecclesia must look like can look a thousand different ways. Yeah. And I would, I would encourage people in general, if you haven't, haven't traveled outside of the United States to travel outside the United States and experience the mm-hmm. church in other cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, it's real. It's vibrant. It's authentic. Um, I've been to Africa. I've been to Romania. I've been to the Bahamas. I've been to the 
um, what is that? The Central America. I've, uh, <laughs> I've been to Canada. And Central America. I've been, the, I've been to the church in Hawaii. Yes. And, and it's that, different. That would be the closest one to heaven. Oh, okay. There you go. Yes, it's different too. The one place I haven't been is the, the Far East and or the Middle East. But there is this, um, uh, when we as Americans think our exceptionalism also rolls into the church and that that version of the church needs to be what permeates the rest of the world, misses the point of what God is doing in cultural locations to manifest the church in that culture. Um, because our unity isn't on our programming. It isn't on the way that we operate. It isn't on our polity. It's none of those things. There isn't a prescribed form of government in scripture that says, this is the way the church has to operate. And, and with that, we find all over the world, different um, versions, different manifestations of God's work in the church in those places. But it, it's after this same idea, though. It's after the same idea of, of being um, Jesus to the culture they're in. And so that's going to look different than it does in an American uh, version of the church as opposed to an, an African one or a, a Romanian one or a, or a German one. You fill in the blank. But there is this need for us to understand that the church universal, they are, they are manifesting or presenting the gospel and the person of Christ in their culture through their expression of the church, which Christ is the head of the whole thing. I just was going to ask you to talk a little bit more personally about your experience as a church leader, having gone to these different cultures and, mm -hmm. and being with the church in different contexts. How did that affect your leadership of your church, your local church? Because I think that's when, that's when this really gets worked out when we, when we do get exposed and we do share in, in um, enjoying a different culture and then it affects the way it changes us, right? So how, can you talk about like maybe when you've visited those other countries and, and been part of that, how that affected mm -hmm. you when you came home? Yeah, the church I visited actually in Romania, went several times, um, was in a church, it was in a town of 100,000 people. And there was about 30 Christians in the city. So 100,000, 30 Christians, a small church. Mm -hmm but it was the biggest church in town. Think of it that way. Cause uh, Romania was highly, um, well, the communists drove the Christians out. They just drove them out. And, and after generations of, of no faith. So it's, it was, it was a, um, it was a group of people desperate to be with each other mm -hmm. because they were their refuge. Yeah. They were, they had this, so what they did was they they built relationship around eating together and and they would you know some of what they did was americanized because it was american christians that were there so they they did these worship services but then it had the romanian piece which was come to my house come to my house come to my house and so there there was these integrated relationships and they spoke to everyone who would listen about the freedom they found in jesus and so 
there wasn't this, there was no cultural reinforcement of it at all. And so their, their version of church was, was an integration of life Mm -hmm. as opposed to something they went to on Sunday in, in Africa, it was a very Christian place. I was in Cameroon. Um, and, and they brought, um, (laughs) totally different experience. Um, and, and the people living in poverty for the most part, bringing, um, what they had to offer. There was, there was a true sense of generosity that permeated. They wanted to help each other and, and speak into each other's life, but more so in the way of, Hey, can I come and help you? Is there, they were much more interdependent. Um, and it was fascinating. It was just different. Whereas we as Americans are so individualized mm-hmm. and, and we operate in this individual sense. And, and so I think the church, I know this is somewhat controversial in America is that the church has this communal feel to it. It should have a communal feel to it, both in Romania, both in, in, and in Cameroon, they had a much more interdependent relationship with one another mm-hmm. than we do as Americans. That's good. But it, it was, it's hard to bring that to yeah. America into the United States because we are, we are by nature resistant to being dependent on anybody for anything. Even though we are interdependent, we just don't want to acknowledge it. So, so there lies some of the, the bigger struggles of the church. And we would look at the church universal as as americans you can we we have a tendency to sit in judgment of the other churches we we have a tendency to sit because we've somehow figured something out that they haven't when in reality the opposite is probably true so i think the challenge for us as a church is how do we acknowledge that diversity embrace that diversity mm-hmm. and and bring unity um, out of the diversity without forcing people into uniformity that I think is our way forward. That is, that is the theology actually of the table, which Mike talks about um, often in his teaching is, is the theology of the table is, is that you come to the table um, and bring all your diversity. And, and then the miraculous thing is God brings unity out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the miracle of the church. Well said. All right. Well, if you've got anything else to add to that, Susie, that would be great. Or Mike, otherwise we will call it a Theology Thursday. I have nothing to add. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing for the whole. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us for Theology Thursday. We'll pick this conversation up next week as we talk about the local church. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Journey Now. If you enjoy the podcast, Hey, do us a favor and why don't you leave us a review or share an episode with your friends or whatever it is you can do to help us get Journey Now out to more people in the world. You can also subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Anchor, Overcast, Spotify, you name it. Today's episode of Journey Now was engineered by Justin Glotzbach. Haley Sullivan created our amazing graphics. Kristen Fields helps get the word out. 
through social media and every other means about Journey Now, Austin Fields, possible relation to Kristen, composed and performed our groovy music, and Randy Hansen takes care of all the technical things that no one else can possibly figure out. Thanks again for joining us today, and be sure and come back tomorrow for another episode of Journey Now.